Welcome. You have entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simron. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Empower yourself. Broaden your mind. Open your heart and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simron. Welcome. It is a joy to be with you again this week, and we have an exciting episode ahead. Uh, One that I think is a very potent and pertinent topic. Whether or not we realize it, we live in a trauma-filled world. Each and every one of us have been traumatized in some sort of way, and it is either conscious or unconscious. And it is so easy to say, you know, I'm past my trauma, or I've moved through things, or I don't have any trauma, or even ignore or be in denial of what is going on inside of us. But one place always tells the truth, and that is the body. The body never lies. It stores everything that's ever happened to us. It knows exactly where we need to heal, and it also knows how to return us to our wholeness if we're willing to listen. I'm really delighted to have a beautiful guest today that truly understands the body and body work. Emily Francis is the host of the internet radio show All About Healing on on Healthy Life Radio. She has a bachelor's degree in exercise science and wellness, as well as a master of science in physical education with a concentration in human performance. She is an individual that has authored numerous books around the body, around trauma, um, and we're going to be talking about Her latest one, Healing Ourselves Whole, an interactive guide to release pain and trauma by utilizing the wisdom of the body. From her book, many times we find ourselves in a battle between who we once were, who we are currently, and who we'd like to become. Often we are an embodied case of shredded thoughts and feelings that have not yet found their way into becoming a seamless tapestry that makes makes up the whole. We remain stagnant or may feel broken for so many reasons, behaviors such as self-talk, wicked fears of a million things, self-doubts, thoughts and feelings never expressed, traumas never brought to the surface and healed, guilt and shame patterns that run so deep that nothing could ever formulate from that space. There is no fixed, simple way to turn all the broken pieces into one healed whole. There is, however, a part of the deep shadow healing work that has been greatly overlooked until now. And I believe this is the reason why so many people feel like they did the work and did not obtain the desired results. For way too long, we've been working from the space of just our thoughts and behaviors. The truth is that the body holds the experiences of your life just as heavily as the thoughts do. Although different than repressed thoughts that often happen, the body does not ignore these repressed experiences as long. What does not get acknowledged will show itself through physical pains and health issues. Therefore, when you do release the work through cognitive efforts, as well as learn to tap into your body and release the experiences through the body, this is a game changer. And I hope that this conversation is a game changer for you to look at the body in a different way and to be more focused and present. Her book, Healing Ourselves Whole, is beautifully written. It truly taps into the areas of ourselves and the pieces and parts that we all have to deal with, such as the four heavy emotions, grief, guilt, shame, and trauma, and provides you the meditations and the journaling questions and the insights uh, while she holds your hand as you move through the writing. It is beautifully written. So without further ado, I'd love to welcome Emily to 1111 Talk Radio. Welcome, Emily. It's a joy to have you here. 
Thank you, Simran. I'm so honored. What a beautiful introduction. I, I feel very blessed and very happy to be on your show today. Well, thank you. I resonate deeply with the book you have written. Um, the things that you have said uh, hit home personally and as well as what I see in the world in terms of where we need to go. Uh, I recently watched, and I'm sure you're probably familiar with, uh, the recent uh, documentary by the Sand Institute with Dr. Gabor Mate, The Wisdom of Trauma, which is a truly powerful movie in itself. And we are a world of walking trauma. We can see that in our politicians. We can see that in addiction. We can see that through uh, these, the rise in violence against women. In, in so many ways, uh, we can see how trauma is really expressing itself as a lot of the dysfunction in our society. And so it only makes perfect sense that where we have to come back to is ourselves and that this body is not just a container for us to move around in, but it has far more intelligence than we have ever known. Um, Talk a little bit about how you came to um, really develop the unique perspective on how our bodies store and release the effects of trauma, pain, and shame that you have, because it is unlike uh, perhaps what others have said. And secondly, why is this book different than other books that are out there on trauma? Well, I'm going to start answering the second question first. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to answer the second question first, which is why... How is my book different than other books on trauma? Uh, I don't know anybody else that's a massage therapist that writes books. There's not enough people that put their hands on the actual physical body and know this wisdom that are sitting down and writing the books. That's how my book is different. And I'm very specific that I am part of the healing community for a very finite piece of the puzzle. And that is, I'm going to start with what a cognitive therapist would call a trauma capsule. And that you can Google PubMed, it's on all the medical sites, and they call it a trauma capsule when something becomes so overwhelming that your mind basically shoves it into a small space like a capsule, drops it into the body, and then moves forward. My work picks the capsule up from where it landed in the body, and then we work from there. Because if you go to a, 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 the therapies are fantastic, but they only work with your thoughts and behaviors, it's your mind. But the body, the muscle memory, the fascia, the plasma, the blood, you know, Chinese medicine believes that that memories are carried through the blood and plasma. I believe that memories are stored in muscle memory. It's not just a belief, it's proven. And also uh, through the fascia. And so some, I've actually heard somebody say that the experiences of life are basically like a CD downloaded and stored in the fascia, the way that it would be stored in a computer. And the fascia runs, the the meridian channels, the energy lines run along the matrix of the fascia. It's all interconnected. There's nothing in the body that operates independently. So let's start there. But the work that I do is really around muscle memories, how muscles adapt to emotion, how do they store them, what is, so when people come to me for for a massage, and they don't come to me just to relax or any of that, I'm I'm a very specialized, specific, trained therapist, and what I don't want to do is have you tell me your story before you get on the table because I don't want you getting in the way of what your body has to tell me. The body communicates and I am one of the people that can put my hands down on the body and trace. I can feel the tissues of the skin. I can feel the muscles. I know 
where things are signaling and I can help you locate because I, I, we do a lot of interactive work on my table. But I've had almost 20 years of experience of hands-on body work. And that is what makes my work different. It means that all the other pieces, they, they are important. It's just that with leaving that part of the body behind and not including the body, muscles store memory and can trigger a release of emotions from trauma or from joy, different than the way the mind, but your mind can get triggered. You know, you come across something, you smell the same smell, it triggers the olfactory senses, things start releasing, the chemicals open. That's the same thing that happens in the muscle. Our muscle memory store every single thing that's ever happened. I want to take it one step further. A person gets in a car accident. This is the most basic way to explain it. A person gets in a car accident, and when they come for a massage, because muscles have been, you know, distorted, we start to ask them a lot of questions because the muscles will tell you basically what way they were facing, where they were hit, what is affected, but we don't do that. We start asking questions. Where were you hit? What was the situation? Explain it to me. But guess what? Usually people check out. Memory around the situation that happened is very hazy at best. And that's the gift of the mind. So during a trauma, assault, uh, uh, accident, your mind ejects from the body. So you don't come back and have the exact story of what happened. You only have what you perceive. The body doesn't have an eject button. So every single thing that happened is sitting inside that muscle memory. It knows everything that was impacted in the body. And that's the story I'm after when we come into healing. And that's what I write about and what I was called on this earth to do and bring forward. Mm, Very powerful. We are so much a mental society and are becoming more and more in our heads living from the neck up as opposed to living from the neck down. As you talk about the story that anchors in more of the identity, it's almost like a re-imprint of the trauma every time we tell the story. And it gets us often caught up in lots of protocols, albeit some of them are very good and they can be very helpful, but I'm in agreement with you that they have to be in combination with the body work. Is there anything that you would say in regard to people seeking out therapies and perhaps avoiding getting into the story to where we really are in that place of uh, our sensory nature, our feeling nature of really tapping into the body first or or is there a certain parallel that needs to take place that is uh, perhaps more balanced than what we're doing now? I do believe that a parallel uh, that's more balanced would be your best approach, but the truth is it really depends on every person's situation and what they're coming in for and what, what their body needs, what their connection needs, what the dialoguing with the body, the conversation that you're having for your healing. And not to shamelessly plug, but I have another book, an older book, Whole Body Healing, which is your manual. It's a resource manual of all the different healing practitioners or as many as I could possibly find being the host of All About Healing and being out in the healing field of who is out there under your physical body, who lives under your emotional body, who's under the energy body, who's under the umbrella of spiritual wellness and, and healing. And I think that that also is where people get tripped up because they immediately go to their doctor because they don't know where to begin. And their doctor knows exactly what their doctor knows, which is the physical body and that scope. They know their scope of practice, but you as the, as the in charge of your body has to know that you have to go to different people that know different scopes 
and then create a health and healing path that's individual for you and your situation specifically. So if you have an emotional imbalance, that requires therapy. If you have an energy imbalance, you would look more for Chinese medicine or some of the practices, yoga, tai chi, Ayurvedic practice. You would go to a different practitioner. But imagine if you went to both and understood the difference that I'm going to get hypnotherapy or EMDR therapy or talk therapy with my therapist to help preserve and and balance my emotional state. And at the same time, the subtle body that we often mix or interweave into the emotional body, which is not the same thing, requires you to work on that very subtle level that, in my opinion, is where the miracle healing keys are actually stored. So going into that place. And I think what makes me the most sad is how limited and narrow our vision is of healing because we haven't been taught the, the grand width that spans worldwide in different opportunities that, that would resonate with your body that you might not have heard of. And then when you discover it, you realize there's a practitioner three blocks away and you never knew it. So I want to go back to a couple of things that you said. Um, and in your book, you have it. Talk about the distinction between emotions and feelings and which one is more relatable to the body and which one uh, is more relatable perhaps to uh, the story or identity. Okay. Now I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to open my book. (laughs) We feel our feelings. We calm our feelings. Emotions can be put into words. Um, or, or maybe it's the opposite. Let me actually look this up. I don't want to mis- misrepresent myself. This actually came with, with research because it's an important distinction, but also not the distinction that I go for. Um, we, yes, you write that emotions are not words. Emotions are not words. Feelings can be put into words. There and you write that emotions are, tied, <laughs> emotions are tied to the actual physiology of the body. We express our feelings. We experience our emotions. Well, there it is. Well, that's much better than I could have said off the cuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a powerful distinction because so often we, when we get caught up uh, in where we are, you know, emotions have been uh, almost criticized or condemned in, in terms of, oh, that's a reaction. And you really need to tap into your feelings. But again, when we go into the words, we tend to go into the heads. And if the emotions are not words and they're part of our physiology, maybe we are to really drop into those emotions, not from the reactive space of going towards something outside of us that pulls us out of the body, but really going into the body and feeling those things as those emotions rise. I agree with you. That's absolutely right. We do want to drop in to our experience. But the other big thing, the thing that I really work with is that when we get caught up in the head, when when we're going just from the thought-based, there's no part of the body in there. You're you're going into like, how do I describe this to another person? How do I I articulate how I truly feel? (laughs) But how you feel is how you feel. It's incredibly difficult to articulate. But what if somebody could put their hands on you and just feel it where you don't have to put it into words? And then they can help you find the life raft to bring you out. Because that's what I want for people. Whether that means doing it by yourself and learning that conversation or whether that means going to a Reiki master or a pranic healing or a therapeutic touch or, or the therapist. You know, but somebody, I do, 
think it's incredibly important for the touch because it changes everything. It just does. There's something that happens. It's like a trigger. It's like a light switch, and it goes from one place in thoughts and feelings into the other real experience. Mm, Another point that you have in the book is the story you keep telling yourself might not be the story your body experienced. It is important to be reminded of this as we go along for the best results. So talk a little bit more about the story that the body experiences. Well, this one I actually really know my stuff on, so thank you. Um, <laughs> people come into a, to a practice. Let's say they come to see me, and they have it all figured out. I have this reason because of this. This is what caused my trauma. This is why I have this autoimmune illness. This is why I have this. And they have it all, you know, they have all the, the lines connected, you know, like a, a through Z, dot to dot. This is who I am or what it is. But imagine going and listening to the body itself, and it might not even dot to dot connect to the same story you've been saying all these years. What if the story that's actually in that particular space that's causing you pain and anguish has nothing to do with that space and time and actually was associated to something minimal that you don't think is a big deal, but your body took as a huge assault? And, and that's where I feel like we get sidetracked because if we're not going to somebody, we're also trying to self-diagnose ourselves and everyone around us all the time. We do it. We do it in dating. We do it in friendships. We do it for everyone. We think we know better. We think we know why. And then we diagnose in our minds, right? Like, I am this because of this. And your body's going, oh, that's not actually true. <laughs> if you can mm. sit down and listen, and it doesn't mean that it's wrong. It might be because of that. I say all the time that I suffer from chronic anxiety and panic because my dad died. It's an A to Z. I'm a textbook case. But there are a lot of little hidden ditties in there that didn't just come from the textbook that are holding so deeply, uh, like experiences that had no part of that story that are cutting into my body that my body's been holding. The same way that we pick up ill expressions that we hear and store in our mind and decide and declare that that really is true about ourselves, the body listens to that too. And the body might pick up other things or other experiences. It's, it's very interesting because I don't want to disconnect the mind from the body because that's where Western medicine went wrong in the first place was treating them as not one whole being. But at the same time, because that is the way that that I've been brought up and to understand is that to go through the body is different than going through the mind. To go through the mind is different than accessing the body. What comes first, the chicken or the egg, the body or the mind? It depends on who you are. So a person that is always in their head, incredibly analytical, very, very intelligent, might not want to go into the sitting feeling sensations that go with the body. So you might not be able to get their mind to follow by having the body lead the way. But if they are incredibly intelligent and and touch is not something that they're comfortable with, then you're going to want to go the cognitive route and then hope that you can tap into some of those visceral reactions and ignite the sensory responses because not everybody likes to be touched. So we have to figure out what, what we're working with. That's the thing. There's a thing. I, I interviewed somebody for Ayurvedic medicine. I'm going to pause you right there, Emily. If you'll okay. hold on to that thought, we're going to go to commercial break. I am with uh, my guest, Emily Francis, and she has written Healing Ourselves Whole, an interactive guide to release pain and trauma by utilizing the wisdom of the body. She's not only a neuromuscular massage therapist and a specialist on the body, she is also uh, a Reiki-level practitioner and has studied 
many individuals' bodies through working with them. She is the author of many books, Stretch Therapy, A Comprehensive Guide to Individual and Assisted Stretching, uh, Witchy Mama, Magical Traditions, Motherly Insights, and Sacred Knowledge, The Body Heals Itself, How Deeper Awareness of Your Muscles and Their Emotional Connection Can Help You Heal, and Whole Body Healing, Create Your Own Path to Physical, Emotional, Energetic, and Spiritual Wellness. Her latest is Healing Ourselves Whole. You can find out more about Emily at her website, which you can go to, which is healingourselveswhole.com. We'll be right back with more of Emily Francis right after these messages. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Do you want more, more joy, more abundance, more power and presence? How would it feel to have more loving relationships, more empowered community, greater fulfillment and life purpose? The 1111 Mastermind Community inspires, empowers, guides and supports transformation. Shift your mind, expand your heart, deepen insights, let go and chart a new course, dream a new dream. The 1111 Mastermind Community is an online portal for personal transformation and soulful expansion. Go to courses.1111mag.com. That's courses.1111mag.com. Change begins with you. Let it be simple, convenient, and transformative. The time is now. Step through the 1111 Gateway. Courses.1111mag.com. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at imsimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio. If you have not checked out this month's issue of 1111 Magazine, I invite you to do so. The focus and theme of that issue is the power of patience, which is something that we probably all need right now. Each issue, I focus on three individuals in the world that are sharing their voice and uh, offering you insight into uh, what they have to offer. So I hope you will partake of the magazine and also partake of the pieces that I add to it to support your Enlightenment, Empowerment, and Integration. It is always free at 1111mag.com. You can go there and digitally access the current issue and all archive issues 
along with uh, many of the archived radio shows that I find very powerful that align with the theme. So definitely go there. And for my own personal work, check out IamSimran.com. My new book is available for pre-order and will be out in October. But if you click the link on the banner at the top of the show page, you can access the pre-order page and go ahead and get your copy now. I am talking to Emily Francis, and we are discussing her book, Healing Ourselves Whole. The theme of this book is working with our body's emotions and memory systems to help us heal. This work does not replace the potential need for medication or other counseling methods. It provides the work of the body and your connection with your body for the purpose of unity and health. Emily will tell you that she is not here to divide you from your mind, but to help you integrate all aspects of you so that you have whole body healing and a whole body self. She focuses on the heavy four, trauma, shame, guilt, and grief. And every chapter of the book follows the same protocol. They dis- she discusses various body emotions, uh, takes you through meditations, uh, has some journaling prompts. It's quite well put together, and it will help you move through uh, in discovery of yourself and also how to be more connected to your own body. So definitely pick up the copy of this book. While you're at it, pick up a few of her others, and you can sign up for her newsletter and understand her journey in Malta, which she moved to a year ago, by going to healingourselveswhole.com. You can access everything there about Emily Francis. Welcome back, Emily. We were I had to cut you off mid-sentence in the last uh, <laughs> segment, and you were about to share a scenario with us, so I want you to go ahead and dive right back into that. Thank you, Simran. Uh, I, was, I was saying that I was interviewing an Ayurvedic practitioner, and, and she felt like, almost every answer she gave was, well, in Ayurvedic, it depends. And it was one of those, like, I hate to be so vague, but every person's situation for healing is individual. So the answer is, it depends. So I find myself more and more, the the deeper I go with the body and the more that I try to answer questions, I, I remember her often and think, oh, wow, I'm starting to sound like her. It depends. But it just depends on who you are that which way, which comes first, the chicken or the egg, which one do you really try to go through the mind or the body to get your connection to work in full working order? Mm, yes. Yes, I agree with all of that, most definitely. Your book is laid out to really have us address the, the heavy four. And I think that this is part of the reason why I feel like this is such a powerful book, uh, having been through these specific four particularly intensely uh, over the last seven years. I know the effects of what these can do to an individual, but I also know the power of healing and self-realization when willing to really sit in these things um, specifically. And you call them trauma, shame, guilt, and grief, according to your research and findings, as you state. Uh, You write, it's a never-ending cycle, beginning with the infliction and then being recycled over and over again to punish ourselves and keep us trapped in our own little hell based on these realities. Grief is different from the cycle of trauma, shame, and guilt, but it's anchored within every cell and tissue of the body in a devastating way that is not self-perpetuated the way the other cycle is. It just sinks down, and we are tasked with trying to live our lives with an incredibly deep cut producing an open wound that makes it almost impossible to breathe for a very long time following its infliction. My own experience of trauma seven years ago 
had me really dive into my own shame, which I found was rampant. <laughs> and then I discovered discovered um, not only the guilt that uh, that I was experiencing, but the guilt that was being experienced by the one inflicting the trauma, which led uh, then to the loss of my two children. And that grief lasted for seven years. It was something that I could not pull myself out of, and I consciously knew not to pull myself out of, but to allow it to flow until it was ready to fully fully release. So I really appreciate that you are focusing on these. And so often, or at least from what I've discovered, the shame, the guilt, and the grief follow that trauma. So let's begin there. Let's begin with what trauma is. Do we all have it? Um, if we are in denial of having trauma and we have it, you know, where do we begin when it comes to the body? Yes, we all have it. To what level varies body to body, person to person. You know, some people are extraordinarily sensitive, so their trauma will, will really anchor heavily. They're the people that have a lot of jaw issues. They can't let go of things. They keep replaying scenarios over and over they, they just haven't learned how to release anything in their life so that any little trauma just adds to the pile. So that's miserable. But what I say about trauma is that it's anything that's occurred in your life that produces a negative response. Of course we have trauma. Everybody has trauma. Being a human being on this planet, especially right now, is going to elicit some trauma. But a lot of the traumas are from younger days. Um, and... We don't teach our kids how to work with any of that. And I think it's time that we switch that up. I think that those things, coping skills at the very least, uh, and the ability to be honest, if we're in a situation that is compromising our health and vitality, that we have a safe space to go to. And I say this because I was a high school teacher, but only for one year. But I was a high school teacher, and I took the sex education to a completely different level than any other teacher. I did it for two weeks. I brought in the Rape Crisis Center people twice. I brought in an OBGYN. I did not play around with sex education because it's one of the most important things that a young person needs to really hear and understand. And when I brought in the person from the Rape Crisis Center, it breaks my heart to tell you the line of little girls lining up to talk to that woman after it was over. Mm. They're Mm. young. And there's so many things that happen in so many people's lives that there's a lot of trauma. And I'm not saying that every person's been at the hands of someone else. That's not, that's not what I'm saying. It's just shocking how many have. So those sorts of traumas, I mean, imagine whatever kind of system was working well has had knife cuts through it. Any kind of webbing has giant tears. The muscle memory, the mind, any of it, it's been torn to shreds. And then we're living with those shreds open. They're like little open wounds, really. I I say that more for grief, but it's also for the trauma, especially extreme trauma. Then we go into shame makes the body cry. The way that the skin tissue feels on a person that's riddled with shame feels like what I say, like a weeping willow tree, the way that the leaves hang down. There's a way that a person stands. There's a way that their eyes don't reach the top of your eyes when they look at you. There's a slump in the shoulders. There's a interesting positioning even of the chin in a person that, that shame is their rule, 
their ruling force. But the tissues, even to the touch, feel different. Guilt is very similar to shame, but guilt is more like a weighted anchor. And guilt is things that is you feel bad for what you've caused other people. It's a in, inward to outward. Shame is outward to inward. Things that people have said to you that now you're ashamed and now you've taken it on as you. So when I give the description between shame and guilt, I use this. Imagine inside the blood is a tiny little snake and it's flowing through your body. You don't know where all inside, over and under every organ, every bone, everything. And it lays eggs somewhere. If the eggs are still intact, it's guilt. You can move them out. That's how I feel when I work with guilt, when people have that come up. Shame, the eggs have cracked. They're in pieces and they are being soaked up into the body. And good luck. You got to try to dig those babies out. So as a practitioner, that's what I feel. That's what comes in as my imagery when I feel inside their body. Because when I, when I do practice energy practice, I'm in that subtle body. And I'm feeling those shells, those little cracks of shell in their body and trying to figure out how much we can pull out. Because basically, when you go really deep into shame, it's like you have to go down to the marrow of their inside body for them to push it up and out so you can reach it and get it out, if that's a good image. And then grief. And grief is like exactly like I wrote. It is its own beast. It is not part of the trauma-shame-guilt cycle. It is its own. And grief changes you forever. So I don't want to say that people heal from grief. They learn how to live with it. And grief does a parallel into your body. It slices you. And now you live on two dimensions of time. The reality of time that you really live in and the time that could be had whatever it was that that pained you so deeply hadn't been removed. So a lot of people, let's say it's a, for me, it's my parent who died way too young. I was only 13 and he was only 43. So let's, let's go with mine. It's an, it's an easy one. My life is here personally now, but I keep up with how old he would have been. How old I, you know, how many years. I think about, I have like a fake life of what it would have been like had he not died. We do that. That's what grief does. It basically pulls you in between two planes, one of reality and one of what you wish was reality. And so we have to learn how to to feel our way into that. And that, when, when you go into that level, that is when I highly suggest a therapist, a qualified, very qualified therapist to do things like EMDR therapy that helps unfreeze the tracks inside your mind along with your body. That's where you go chicken and egg. So when you get into that space, EMDR therapy, some of that very serious grief counseling and therapy and be incredibly over the top, outrageously picky on who you choose to go there with. For body work too, you don't want anybody putting their hands on you that is only thinking about the money. You just don't. You want somebody who really understands the body that takes this as a sacred, honorable work, that it's their life's calling and that this is what they're passionate and called to do. Because energy work is not for everybody and you don't learn it in massage school. Mm. Thank you for those powerful words. Facing the hardships that we tend to stuff down deep into our soul pockets requires bravery and the willingness to get disgustingly honest with ourselves. Some of the hardest parts of this will be the willingness to get totally raw and naked and sip the discomforts that are guaranteed to rise. 
through this book, Emily helps you through the discomforts as you travel all the way down and all the way back up to someplace new. She is your body worker, as well as a person who has truly done this work. She'll be your tour guide and your friend throughout this work. She knows what it's like to be stuck so far down and in so many fragments of thoughts and feelings that you can't see your way out. Emily is a woman who has released all of her secrets, had those secrets thrown back in her face, and created a life for herself that she's so very blessed to be living. She will always be working on herself to maintain the balance that she's found, and she shares so much of this wisdom through her book, Healing Ourselves Whole, an interactive guide to releasing pain and trauma by utilizing the wisdom of the body. You can find out more about her work and everything that she does by going to her website, Healing Ourselves Whole. The book also has uh, various charts and drawings to help you understand uh, what different aspects of the body are related to and what they're healing. There are questions to be journaled after each of the big four, along with the the big four uh, lighter side. Uh, So it's not all the heavy stuff. It's about you tapping into the lighter side of feelings like your happiness and your joy, your connection and your belonging. So definitely uh, allow yourself to feel more empowered by discovering what your body is trying to tell you about reaching your highest health. Again, you can find out more at healingourselveswhole.com. We'll be right back after these messages with Emily Francis. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today, www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Do you want more, more joy, more abundance, more power and presence? How would it feel to have more loving relationships, more empowered community, greater fulfillment and life purpose? The 1111 Mastermind Community inspires, empowers, guides and supports transformation. Shift your mind, expand your heart, deepen insights, let go and chart a new course, dream a new dream. The 1111 Mastermind Community is an online portal for personal transformation and soulful expansion. Go to courses.1111mag.com. That's courses.1111mag.com. Change begins with you. Let it be simple, convenient, and transformative. The time is now. Step through the 1111 gateway. Courses.1111mag.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. 
VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at imsimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio. The body, the body uses certain behaviors to communicate. And let's take a sidestep and match up the communicating language of the body that we can all understand and trace deeper meanings. Emily calls these five somatic languages of the body, uh, which are the result of combined study of the body as well as her own personal observances of the body. And they are laughing, crying, yelling, running or hiding, and bowel disturbances. You will be able to look at each of these five somatic languages as you move through her book, Healing Ourselves Whole, an interactive guide to release pain and trauma by utilizing the wisdom of the body. Go to her website, healingourselveswhole.com. You'll find out more about this book, uh, her other books, all of her work, and also her life in Malta. So definitely check her out and follow her on social media as well. I want to go back first and talk about how you described trauma, uh, shame, guilt, and grief. Um, they were articulated beautifully in, in the sensory feeling of them, having been through um, some really deep experiences, particularly the last few years. Uh, you've put into words things that I have struggled to put into words at times to describe um, what what this has felt like inside of my skin, and yet there's so many individuals that are are coping with that. I particularly identified with how you talked about grief and living parallel lives, and and how it is so much based on this imaginary view of what could have been and what you have lost, you know, versus what is. And it does it changes you completely, and so. In going through trauma and going through grief or, or these different aspects as someone is starting to heal on the different levels of their body, to bring ourselves back to wholeness once again and to try to pull all those pieces back together to create a new life because there really isn't much of an old life left anymore, nor that is there one that's wanted. But in creating that new life and in working with people in the body, Tell me what you see change, how you see that change. Um, do people need to really understand what's taking place in the changes, or do they feel the shifts and changes between the massage therapy and the energy work that takes place? And what does that look like so that people can kind of understand if they're a little hesitant into going into different types of therapies? <clears throat> what does it look like? I don't know what it looks like, but I know what it feels like. Yeah, um, yes, <laughs> because I think looks what it looks like is you know people later on will catch on that something changed in you, but they won't be able to put their finger on it. Um, but the, what does it feel like? You will know when you start shifting. You will feel potentially a loss of self for a little while. You don't you don't come from the bottom and then start getting help and go right up. You usually fall a little further. You usually think that the, the ground has been pulled out beneath you. You thought you were at rock bottom and then there's a little bit lower. When you get really real into the feelings. But you don't have to stay there for very long. 
So I'm going to explain it through myself because I've been listening to my book, Healing Ourselves Whole, on audio lately because it is narrated by somebody other than myself. And I finally have it. And it's a really interesting opportunity to hear my book and not associate it with me. And when I was listening today, I was listening to one of the parts and I thought to myself, if I would have gotten honest, I would have, if I were who I am today, facing all the anxiety and panic and the losing of my life as I knew it and the, the, the footing that I had into my life, I walked away from everything because I didn't know how to handle any of it. And I did start to go get therapy, but not immediately. And I lost everything that I was doing. Now as an adult, as the adult me, the person that's done the work, I would have approached all of it differently, all of it. But that's because I know now what I didn't know then. And I had this distinct thought today, this morning of, wow, I was really good at lying (laughs) to myself and anybody else. And I remember one of my mentors and teachers who was very uh, in tune energetically, and he looked at me and he goes, I feel like I can understand and read and feel, feel people, but I can't with you. You have a game face that's almost scary, where you really don't let that mask drop even for a second, and I have no idea that you're suffering and feel like you're about to drop at any minute, and you look completely fine. I got so good at deception. And I didn't know that that's what I was doing. I just didn't know how to handle all the things that I was feeling. I didn't know how to handle being alive in this life with the life I had created. It no longer fit. And I didn't go gracefully down and back up, (laughs) to say the least. But when I started to make the shifts, which were incremental, they were not quick. Uh, It actually took me seven whole years of work to pull myself and reclaim a new version. That's the other thing. I talk about Kintsuki in the book. The Japanese believe that when a vase or something glass falls and breaks and shatters, everybody else would dust it in the dustpan and throw it out. They actually fix it with a gold glue and highlight the scars because now this version, there's no match in the world like it. That's us. We are, we are Kintsuki. We are the new golden highlighted pieces. But I didn't realize at the time that I would find my power in my vulnerability, in my ability to be honest, in my ability to come forward. I mean, I wish, that, I wish at the time when I started suffering really bad panic attacks, back then I taught aerobics, kickboxing, yoga, martial arts, you name it, I was in it. That was my whole life. And then I had this giant panic attack and I left the gym and did not look back. Now me, I would have put myself, I would have made myself stand on the stage and go, listen, guys, I'm having a really hard time. I'm suffering and I'm terrified. But if you'll just bear with me, I can do this. And then I would have made myself get back up. But instead, I ran, ran for the hills and hid out for a long time. And then by the time I came back, I didn't look like the same person. I didn't act like the same person. I was no longer that person. So what it feels like and what it looks like is a rebuilding from the deep inside and it is painstaking but you are never fully healed that is an ed that has an ed on it that's a past tense it means it's done and we are always in motion so you're always in a state of perpetual healing you're always maintaining a new new set of balance but this is another little quick example my big panic was going to the grocery store 
terrified me. It was such a trigger for me. I don't have a reason for it. I cannot tell you what it is, but I would get into the grocery store and freak out and sometimes leave my cart full of food and just run and go. And it's been many years since I've had that fear. Now I kind of meander every time I get into a grocery store just to prove it, you know. But at the time, and even still to this day, I congratulate myself every single time I leave the store because I have become my best friend. Nobody else needs to know that that was hard for me because to them it's silly. To me, I'm the only one that knows what that took. I am the only one. So I have taken over the role of any therapist, any counselor. I am the one that looks inside and goes, hey, good job. Look at you getting all brave. There you go. Like I give myself props that, that to other people would be like, come on, are you kidding me? That was hard. Well, you don't live there. I had a friend that did not understand anxiety and she would get really angry with me. And I remember like I asked her a question of like, listen, I know I'm supposed to be in your wedding, but I'm so afraid to stand up there. What if I need to sit down? And she goes, are you kidding? I will kill you. I will kill you. You will not leave. You will stand there. You will do this. You know, and it was like, okay, that's not helpful. And it was really hard. And her husband had to look at her and go, listen, you're terrified to fly in a plane. Imagine living your entire life on an airplane because that's what it feels like for her. And until he said that to her, she couldn't get it. And then all of a sudden she was like, oh my gosh, that's what you feel like every day? You feel like that? That's what you've been dealing with? You know, so it's the outside world will catch on. You just got to really focus hard, hard on who you are and where you want to go. Get the right team, go down and go down in flames with it. So you can come back up as the whole dang fire. Yeah, that's that's so true. It's it's so resonant with my own experience, Emily. And um, and and the reason that I've written, you know, my new book, my my series of three books that are coming out, it it all has to do with there is something around that seven year cycle. There, it's it's almost as if it is a completion of an age stage recycling us back through old trauma. But we have to be willing, number one, to live the life we're given, and number two, to sit in all that we're going to face. And that means even if we're falling into more dysfunction and, you know, discover our deepest shadows and monstrous nature, you know, until we climb back up and find, find that light. So I really, again, appreciate your um, way of describing that and really providing a sensory experience even through words for those individuals that might be going through that, that right now. In the book, you write um, some interesting things about the body that I think people would find quite fascinating. You write, the hips are gatherers of information, and they are the direction seekers. The hip points to where we want to go, but if we don't move toward that direction, a disconnect can occur on an emotional level. The shoulders, elbows, and wrists match the hips, knees, and ankles directly as well. The shoulders embrace or repel life situations the elbows govern our ability to redirect and follow through. The wrist supports. So really every part of our body not only carries something, but it, it almost is another type of GPS, another type of intuitive way that we can understand where we are or where we are blocked. Can you talk a little bit more um, around how you share some of that or or, or what people sure. must understand about, you know, every aspect of the body. In the beginning of the show, you talked about how it's all connected, and even this is part of our intuition. 
Absolutely true. Before I answer that, let me just tell you that the seven-year cycle is real. (laughs) It is actually not just a theory. It's been proven, and people talk about it in spiritual communities. Even if you have uh, intimate relations with someone, their energy stays in your aura for seven years. The seven-year cycle and rebirthing is very real. So look into that because it's um, not a coincidence that people go through seven years. Okay, moving in. when so your body all has met, they're all messaging systems, they're all signals. Your joints are in, in in present time. The muscles can hold chronic pain and things that have happened throughout your life, but the joints flare up when it's actually happening. So a person that comes in with say all of a sudden their knees are swelling and they're having some issues, but they don't remember getting hurt and they're not a soccer player, let's say. Um, The knees deal with moving forward in your life. When you feel like you need to make a crucial decision, but you're not willing to do it, and then you get stuck. So the hips first, they they, they hone in, where are we going, and then they want to move you. When you decide not to move, the knees are the ones that take it, and they get hurt because you're stuck. You're standing in quicksand trying to make a decision. So I want you to think about it, not just that all parts of the body are messaging systems, but think about that God, great spirit, the universe, whatever way you want to put it, leaves love notes all in your body. Nothing in your body was put here just for one specific reason. And it all has its own communicating system, every bit of it. So your joints tell us one thing, your muscles tell us something else, it's deeper. And um, understanding those things and then being able to trace what parts are ailing and what comes to your mind when you get there. Do a body scan. Ask yourself very crucial questions. Did I bump into a table? Did something happen? Uh, Have I been drinking enough water? I mean, I really, and I even say this, sometimes we get really deep into the spiritual side when it really was very simple, physical. You're carrying a purse. It's ridiculously heavy. You're not changing sides. And now you have a shoulder issue. You know, so we have to start with the basics and work our way in. What am I doing? Do I wear good shoes? Am I drinking enough water? When's the last time I ate? You know, sometimes we have these raging headaches and then it really is that quick question. When is the last time I had a meal? How much water have I had? You know, these very basic questions. But then if that doesn't get better, let's talk about raging headaches. It very easily could be you're not facing your computer properly. You don't have proper ergonomics or you go deeper. You might be holding your chin in a crazy way. Your jaws might be the absolute culprit to your headache. Getting some of that intraoral, somebody puts on gloves and gets into the muscles of the, of the masseter and mandible, boom, headaches go away. <laughs> Ideas change. Your muscles, even releasing those muscles with intention can change your thought patterns and your process. So we have to be able to scan our body and figure out what's issuing from where, and then we go into the levels of reasoning for why. A powerful conversation. If you have enjoyed what you've heard today, I want you to know that we haven't even gotten into the crux of her book yet. <laughs> so you definitely need to pick up Healing Ourselves Whole, an interactive guide to release pain and trauma by utilizing the wisdom of the body by Emily A. Francis. She starts off in section one with the heavy four, trauma, shame, guilt, and grief. Then she provides an action bridge where she talks about suppression, processing, and release. And then you are moved into the fabulous four of happy, joy, connected, and empower, which then leads to the rebirth of the real you. Living on purpose requires you to be daring. It asks you to step outside your comfort zone and do things that you think about doing but may not have tried to do yet, or you may have tried before and failed. Living on purpose asks you to try it again and to keep trying. You are worth it. Your life is worth it. 
your health is worth it. This is from Emily Francis's book, Healing Ourselves Whole. Check her out at healingourselveswhole.com. Thank you, Emily, for being on the show. It has been an honor and a pleasure. Until next week, I am Simran, in love, of love, with love, and as love. Be well. Thank you for opening your mind to a new reality. Your heart to greater compassion and your experience of aliveness with 1111 Talk Radio. Join host Zimron next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern Time to step through the gateway of conscious living here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember, you are not on the journey. You are the journey.